Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is animal news. <laughs> this is from CNN. How the world's most dangerous bird got its unique feathers. What is the world's most dangerous bird? Here's a hint. I said it Did as you... one of the opening words okay. for this episode. <laughs> I didn't want to assume. The story starts a little bit redundantly. It's been called the world's most dangerous bird <laughs> by me a couple seconds ago. Its long, dagger-like middle toes were responsible for the death of a man in Florida last year. What? It's killed people before. Oh, I think this goodness. isn't the only person either. Um, it's called the cassowary. It's a large, flightless bird that has a black, iridescent feathered body, a blue, turquoise, and magenta neck, and a horned crest on its head. It's been described as looking like a high-fashion dinosaur. Okay. I guess I could see it. Have you, You've seen one of these before, right? I think I have, yeah. but it's been a while, and I, I can't quite picture all the details in my head right now. I can show you a picture. Um, it's a little bit over a meter. Uh, this is a quote. It's a little over a meter tall. It's pretty heavy. Their bones are dense. They can definitely cause some damage, said Chad Eliasson, a staff scientist and postdoctoral fellow at the Field Museum in Chicago and an author of a new paper on the giant bird that published Wednesday in the journal Science Advances. It's a journal Great. that tells you what it journal. does. Right on the cover there. Yeah. Science Advances. Yeah. Uh, each, of its, each of its three-toed feet has a claw that can be up to four inches long. <laughs> wow. That's, it's a big... It's a big claw, uh, allowing it to slice open a predator with a single kick. It can also run up to 31 miles per hour through dense forest. So, like... So, basically, this is a velociraptor. Pretty much. Okay. I mean, it's definitely... You kind of look at it, and you can see... I'd say this is the closest... Like, this and, like, emus, I would say, are the closest to, like, still looking like a dinosaur yeah. of any living thing. Um, and it can jump up to seven feet. <laughs> so. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Oh, they're, they're incredibly dangerous and can't fast. even like climb a tree. Right, I could just jump up into a tree at the, that point. Uh, the three known species of cass—I mean, known—I assume we found them all at this point. They're pretty big. Uh, the three <laughs> species of cassowary are native to parts of northern Queensland, Australia, and New Guinea, and they live on fruit. They just eat fruit. Oh. So I guess all of their stuff is purely defensive. Hmm. Um, new research on the feathers. This is, I guess, the whole point of the article is to get to this. Uh, new research on the feathers taken from a dead bird has now revealed. I mean, it was they don't take it from Sorry, a live I just one. Did they have to specify that? <laughs> I guess not. We found a dead cassowary. We took some feathers so off of it and decided to some feathers. Um, but it's now revealed what gives cassowary feathers their glossy black shine. Unlike in other shiny birds, such as hummingbirds or crows, the cassowary's glossiness is produced by the rachis, which is the spine of the feather, rather than the barbules, which are the tiny filaments on the edge of the feather. I learned new words. I did too. I was so excited. Um, <laughs> so the rachis is the spine. It's R-A-C-H-I-S. So I assume it's rachis and not like rachis. <laughs> <laughs> rachis. Okay. And then, okay. And then barbules. B-A-R-B-U-L-E-S. Cool. The little filaments on the edge of the feather. Um, Since the fluffy barbules on cassowary feathers are actually relatively sparse, the the rachis rachis gets more exposure to light than in thick-feathered birds, which allows it to shine through. So basically the spine is shiny, and because it doesn't have fluffy feathers, it can Hmm. 
shine, like light, light reaches it. Um, Eliasson suspects that flightlessness uh, might have given cassowaries more evolutionary room to to develop their odd shaped feathers. Uh, losing that constraint, he says, uh, that need to fly might result in new feather morphologies that produce gloss in a way that a flying bird might not. So their feathers might have gotten weird because they didn't need to be able to fly with them. They're essentially decorative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. B- a bunch of birds like that. Yep. Do you have a picture of one? Yes, I am pulling up a picture now. Very majestic. Yeah. It doesn't look threatening, though. I wouldn't have imagined that yeah. that killed someone. That's scary. But yeah, yeah, they're about three feet tall, which I mean, that's not that big. They're three really. feet and they can jump seven they feet. Can jump, yeah, they can jump. That's crazy. Yeah, they can jump over twice as. That's twice their its, height. Look at its beautiful eyelashes. <laughs> that's the most amazing photo of a bird I've ever seen it's in my life. So good. And these are the these are the claws. Oh wow! Yeah, they could really yeah they could really destroy you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, wow. I, I've always thought they were fascinating birds. Yeah, they're really pretty. I think they have one at the Cleveland Zoo, if I'm remembering right. I don't remember oh, where. I don't remember. But they're really they're, cool. Yeah, really cool bird. Okay, my first story is entertainment news. This is from USA Today. And the headline is, for NBC's The Blacklist, animation fills in the gaps after COVID-19 shutdown. So I brought this because I actually really like the show The Blacklist. I don't know if you've seen it before. I don't know if I've even heard of it. Have you? You haven't heard of it? It's like What's a. What's the premise? It's okay. So <laughs> I'm not all the way caught up, but I'll tell you the the premise is it's this like FBI agent lady teams up with basically like this top person in like the criminal world to like bring down other underground criminal people. Okay, so it's an FBI person and a snitch. And, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but he has, like, all these, like, connections and stuff, and he's this, like, really, I don't know. It's The way it's done is very unique. Anyway, it's very good. Okay. And um, I'm not all the way caught up. We, um, we watched, like, the first few seasons of it, and it was very good. So, anyway, I found out that they had to stop the production of their current season because of the pandemic, and their creative solution to that was they actually just turned – like the last episode that they were filming, they kind of just turned that into the finale and they made half of it animated and made it like a comic book style, like animation. That's so cool. And it's so cool. It's just so cool. And also this show just totally lends itself to that. Like this is the way that it is. Well, I'll like read what people said about it, but apparently it's airing on Friday this week, I think. Okay. So when this episode, when this comes out, it it will will be be out out. (laughs) or it will be coming out later that that day. day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so the season seven finale for the show, the blacklist will feature graphic novel style animation. It's an experiment designed to salvage a partially filmed episode and fashion a satisfying season finale for a crime thriller that like other TV shows and films halted production at its New York studio in mid March due to the pandemic with a little retooling. The 19th of the season's 22 planned episodes became a finale. So they they actually like had to end the show early and like add more content to it, I guess. That often does not go well for shows. Oh yeah. But (laughs) apparently it's worked out. Okay. At least according to the people that were talking to USA today about this. Well, if you can animate half of it, I mean, you guess you could add in whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, the producers realized when they were like problem solving this, that the show was a natural for animation. 
Uh, according to one of the executive producers, a series of comic books were made about the blacklist um, a while back, I guess, because it has a graphic novel feel already. And um, this person said, once we reminded ourselves of that, we considered making new comic book stills to fill out the unfinished scenes. And then they were just like, well, why don't we just try to animate the whole thing? They're like a huge part, part of it. So that's what they ended up doing. Um, so they they shipped microphones to all the cast members and then had them all like record the voice part of the scenes at home, like on iPhones and stuff. Uh-huh. And then um, just they just shipped the audio back. And then they worked with this company called Proof, which I guess specializes in visual storytelling used in the production of feature films for the company's first venture into on-air TV series animation. <laughs> and they they animated it. So, like, ha- about half of the episode is just fully animated with just, like, the voice tracks basically filmed by the actors. Um, and I thought this was interesting. that They noted that the, doing it this way yielded unique rewards because they could actually introduce visual elements into the show, like certain scenes that they wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Like, for example, um, one of the scenes... They set it at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. with, like, the Capitol in the background and, like, the, where they actually, like, wanted it. And they were easily able to do that because it was just an animation. Right. They didn't have to actually go there. <laughs> you could go anywhere then, you want in your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently another scene, they had, like, a helicopter that was, like, on or whatever, like, worrying, whatever. <laughs> on. on. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that had actually been originally like nixed out of the like the live action plan because of some safety issue and then they brought it back because they were like oh we'll just animate it right. so um yeah so i just thought that was super creative and i'm very excited to watch that eventually at some point because i actually really do think that as soon as i saw that this headline i was like that show is perfect to do that like the oh, that's awesome the atmosphere of it is so lends itself to like a comic book kind of style story so i'm super excited about that my next story is space news This is from CNN. Mini rover can wiggle and crawl its way across tricky terrain on other planets. What's the mini rover? The the mini rover. That's making me shake. (laughs) We're doing it since you can't. Shimmy and shake. For the listeners, (laughs) I was kind of following. I was kind of yes ending you, but Anthony's doing this like shimmy whenever he says mini rover. (laughs) Mini rover can wiggle and crawl. Anyway, (laughs) rover... (laughs) Rovers exploring planetary planetary surfaces like Mars or the moon can encounter soft, loose, and steep soils, uh, the perfect ingredients for getting stuck. But the mini-rover, a scaled-down, 3D-printed model of a NASA rover concept, built and tested by researchers at the Georgia Institute of Technology, has a gate that allows it to successfully conquer tricky terrain. Uh, G-A-I-T, not G-A-T-E. Oh, I thought you meant G-A-T-E. Yeah, which would not make any sense. Um, (laughs) It moves in such a way that it can navigate this terrain. Uh, Its origins date back to 2009 when NASA's Spirit rover became stuck in soft soil on Mars and couldn't be moved. It was used as a stationary science platform for three months until the rover stopped communicating in March of 2010, and the mission was officially concluded by NASA in 2011. Um, And this is all obviously before Opportunity. Uh, R.I.P. The rover that uh, mm-hmm. we believe became trapped in a dust storm and was never we were never never able to communicate with again. But this one, it solved that problem. <laughs> uh, after the loss of Spirit, dark uh, engineers <laughs> at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston built the Resource Prospector mission rover, or RP-15. 
The concept involved a rover that allowed for wheel spinning combined with a lifting and sweeping motion by the rover's legs, but the mission itself was canceled in 2018. Supported by the NASA National Robotics Initiative and the Army Research Office, researchers at Georgia Tech proposed building and testing a miniature version of the rover made from 3D printed plastic, which they called the Mini Rover, which is not that great of a name, but uh, it's fine, I guess. This is my favorite part of this. They tested the rover in a bed of poppy seeds <laughs> because apparently <laughs> poppy seeds are like easily destroyed enough that they can like if they get in the gears, it'll crush them and it won't damage the machinery. Oh. But they're still like soft enough that they can kind of simulate simulate like sand, sand. or something. Yeah. So, they tested hmm. it in a bed of poppy seeds. Uh, they did, they discovered that if only the wheels were activated, like the spinning motion, the robot would slip over the poppy seeds and sink down. When they added the sweeping motion of the robot's legs, it was able to use this unique locomotion to paddle out of the poppy seeds as they shifted unpredictably. Basically, it would like kind of make like a hill f- for itself to like get unstuck. Like like the seeds would build up behind it, and it could kind of like push off hmm. of them. It sounded like interesting. There wasn't a video, which I think would have been really helpful in describing this, but yeah. Um, they found that disabling the lift sweep or wheel spin individually hindered the rover, but with the combination of all three, it could continue moving. Uh, it was the most efficient, and it reduced drag. The rover was even able to use the motions to climb a slope of seeds when they like tilted it up, and it was still able to navigate that. So, seems like maybe they shouldn't have canceled the mission <laughs> <laughs> because they had they had a good thing going yeah. from the sounds of it. Um, but they're hoping that this can inform future rover missions and give them a way to make a rover that can stand up to the shifting sands of Mars. Definitely. I think like that type of research is useful for a lot of different applications of just figuring out like how to solve different problems that come up with, Mm -hmm. there's all sorts of different problems that come up with terrain. It's like sand is one of them, but there's all of them, right? Like Like even on earth, like making robots that are able to navigate those, those environments is pretty helpful. Right. So that's super cool. Even if they're not like launching it, somewhere right now but right i mean and maybe they'll, maybe by the time they do they'll think of a better name than mini rover yeah. i don't i don't have that much of a anything against mini rover like it's, it's, just, it's just kind of boring it's but not, like it's too generic it's not specific enough rover like make rover face much better okay <laughs> that's what i was looking for my next story is food news This is from Delish.com. The headline is, Shake Shack revealed the recipe for its cheese sauce, so you can put it on everything now. Do I want, do I want that? I, I don't know. <laughs> do you go to Shake Shack? Did you go to Shake Shack? <laughs> <laughs> have you gone to Shake Shack? <laughs> when have you gone to Shake Shack? <laughs> um, I've gone. I'm honestly, I don't know if this is a controversial opinion. I don't like it that much. Yeah. I don't think their burgers are that good. I much prefer Five Guys burgers. I think their fries are also kind of okay. Mm. Their shakes are really good. I, I'll give them that, but I don't really like the burgers, and I don't remember the cheese sauce. <laughs> um, I have been there a couple times. I think their burgers are good. I don't know that I like that better than Five Guys. I think yeah. they're different. Oh, yeah, they're definitely different um, in that they're worse. <laughs> <laughs> I probably still like Five Guys more, but they're just kind of, I don't know. It's just like it's, a, it's definitely it's a, a different, different burger experience. Yeah. It's like, do you want all the grease in the yeah, world? Yeah, it's like, do you want, <laughs> or do you want exactly. Or do you want 
I guess mushrooms also. Do you want, <laughs> do you want well, okay. Do you want something really greasy and just like fatty? You know or this do you is want so bad for you. That's that's five guys, by the way. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you are familiar <laughs> yes. with the two different five guys is your bag, so you take you take your paper bag home and it's just a pool of grease. Like it's disgusting in the best way. It's but it so, tastes good. so good. It's so good. Um, Shake Shack is a little more refined, maybe. Not refined, but it's just more like it, it's not as greasy. It's definitely not as greasy. I think or as good. And the ingredients are just different. The flavors are a little different. The flavors are different. I, and I it's just, still I good. Don't like I don't the, know. It's still good, it's just different. I don't like the patty, which is kind of the burger. So oh. it just and and I don't like mushrooms, so I'm not into. They have like yeah. one of their signature burgers is like the the shroom stack or something. Yeah, the I shroom don't. shack. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> it involves mushrooms, and I don't care for it. Um. Well, I was assuming that the cheese sauce was just their normal Shake Shack sauce, but I don't actually know. So hopefully, <laughs> I'm not wrong about that. But supposedly, they have some type of famous cheese sauce. Okay. At Shake Shack, so they released the recipe just like. Freely on social media, the exact recipe. Huh. I seen like, I think Disney's been doing that too with some of their park food. I don't know if you've seen that. Their park food, like the Dole Whip, and oh, what else have they? they they've released a few things at this point. Hmm. So maybe that's a but, trend. Yeah, I, I haven't seen other fast food places doing it though. I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah. with this trend. Oh yeah, no problem with that. Uh, McDonald's, tell me how to make a shamrock shake. Yes. <laughs> McDonald's, please <laughs> tell us how to do that. We will make those. Um, so apparently, they po- the um, Shake Shack posted a video tutorial on Twitter and Facebook that showed a step by step like tutorial to make this sauce. Okay. And the ingredients are American cheese, cheddar cheese, canola oil, white wine, vinegar, jalapeno, onion, salt, peppercorns, and heavy cream. Wow. So it's more complicated than you it's might. A lot have more complicated thought. than I would have expected. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, this article actually describes the recipe in detail of how exactly to cook it, which I'm not going to do right now, but, uh, you can go look it up and watch the step to step by step video if you want. (laughs) And maybe other fast food chains will follow this trend. It's like, I don't really care that much about this one. I think it's fun and interesting, but like, I'd rather do like the Chick-fil-A sauce Yeah, or a shamrock shake. Shamrock shakes are really good. I don't know what other fast food thing I would want. The Coca-Cola secret recipe, you know, just like that would be fine. Yeah, Baja um, Blast. Yeah, Taco Bell release some of your recipes, like the quesadilla. I don't sauce. know if I want to know what's in their recipes. I'm a little bit afraid of Taco that. Bell. You can tell me; it won't change what I think of you. My next story is science news. This is from Gizmodo. Researchers have found a new defense to help coral survive bleaching. Oh. I love stories about helping coral I, I know. thrive. Poor coral, though. Like I know. Really, we're treating it bad. Uh, coral reefs are home to as many species as tropical rainforests, yet rapidly heating waters threaten to wipe coral out. I think we, we all know this. Uh, scientists in Australia are on a mission to save coral by training the microalgae that keep them alive, and they've documented their efforts in a new study in Science Advances. <laughs> <laughs> Another one <laughs> published on Wednesday. Whoa! This is a hot. This is a hot issue. <laughs> Science Advances got a lot going on. Uh, <laughs> hotter water. <laughs> 
put stress on coral and can lead to coral spitting out algae, which is a process known as coral bleaching. I didn't realize that's what coral bleaching was. I didn't know that either. It was like coral spitting out its food, essentially. I thought, no. I don't don't know what I thought it it was. (laughs) It's too hot. (laughs) Meh. It's too hot. I don't like it. It's just warm. Meh. Anyway, that's, that's the scientific, that's what. We've, that's we've, what if coral put, could talk. We've that's put what they microphones would sound like. near coral, and this is this is what we picked up. No, I don't want it. Um, in an effort to help the coral, scientists created an exposure therapy treatment or experiment. Sorry, for the tiny algae that provide them with life uh, for four years. So this has been going on for a while. Oh. The researchers exposed 10 strains of, al- of algae to water heated to about 89 degrees Fahrenheit, which is roughly the peak temperature of the Great Barrier Reef, um, or what it was in February of 2020, which is when these bleaching events start to happen. That's kind of like the border is at 89 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Um, they then compared those strains to other algae, which they'd exposed to roughly 81 degree Fahrenheit water over the same period, and it turns out that algae can develop higher heat tolerance uh, because all 10 of the strains exposed to the higher temperatures evolved to withstand them. Hmm. So that was like promising to see that we can essentially train this algae to be able to deal with higher temperatures. Um, That's cool. In such a short time? Right. In a few years? Yeah, just like in a few years. Wow. So this is the part where I get I got a little confused, and they didn't offer a lot of clarification, so we'll see... Um, to see if those strains could also help prevent coral from bleaching, the researchers then introduced those strains to coral larvae. I guess that's what we call baby coral. I didn't realize that either, mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, and they exposed them to these coral larvae and exposed those to water warmed to 89 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, in three out of the ten cases, which doesn't seem like that many, <laughs> um, the coral didn't spit out the algae. So so seven out of ten it did, did? spit out the algae. Yeah. But I guess that's still a good improvement if previously zero out of ten would have not spit it out. Okay. Right? Yeah. See, I was hoping they would give me more context to interpret those results, but they, they kind of just like gave that number and moved on. I was like, hmm, that doesn't weird. seem like an amazing statistic or yeah. also a large number of cases to be basing a decision on. So, yeah, maybe it's just an improvement from what they've seen in the past right. and, and maybe just giving the hope that it is possible for the coral to withstand that temperature and it's not just completely impossible for the coral. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the... And again, they didn't go into detail on this one, like kind of speculating here, but I'm guessing maybe the reason that they spit it out is because the algae itself is warm or something. I get that's what the implication that's is. That's what it sounds like it's implying, but they yeah. did, again, they didn't really explain it, so huh. I got a little confused there. Um, the, research suge- uh, the research suggests that algae that have adapted to heat can help restore the world's coral and buffer it against future change, which again, like that doesn't really say why that would change it, but it does. Well, you know, we could just order a copy of Science Science Advances. Advances. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Science Advances. (laughs) Everyone's favorite journal. Um, Yeah, we could we could we could order a copy of it and and, uh, or it's probably it's probably online. It's probably yeah. Well, let's look online first, and if it's not online, we maybe (laughs) yeah maybe we we can go look at the actual article later and learn more. yeah, because it's implying that it's the algae, the algae itself is what is the key here. Right. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm also confused is they didn't really say that at the, 
at the beginning that like that was the reason that they were spitting it out. It was just that it was it sounded like just because it was ambient ambiently hot they were yeah. spitting out but Yeah, well I've I've learned some stuff already though cuz I didn't know like we said I didn't know about the whole spitting out the yeah, stuff. Yeah, I I like I'd obvious I'd heard the term coral bleaching but yeah. I assumed it was just kind of like other bleaching where something is like exposed to light or right bleach or bleach yeah <laughs> in this or just case like, obviously not bleach the, the, the environment is just not it's almost like a because coral it's like this weird halfway between like a plant and like a an animal animal right so right. it's like i think i was all thinking of it like when if a plant gets like too much sun you know it get kind of yeah, can like kind of shrivel up and not too. be healthy so it was like if it got too hot it just kind of yeah became became white. <laughs> became white and dead I don't know, over time like yeah. or something I, I don't know so i thought that was interesting hmm. and also i mean either way they've determined that the algae can evolve to become resistant to these temperatures which is good okay my next story is technology news this is also from usa today the headline is, you can now have your very own digital avatar on Facebook and Messenger. What? What? They're joining the Bitmoji Club. Yay. Wait. So are they are they using Bitmoji? Or no, is it... they've developed their own. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Are they, are they okay? Facebook is well, I don't know if they're okay. Because <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. Facebook is rolling out its own version of Bitmoji. Or, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at your reactions. Or personalized avatars, if you don't know what a Bitmoji is. They're, they're like per avatars that you make in messaging apps. Yeah, it's like a little cartoon of you. Of you, yeah. Um, and they're rolling that out to U.S. users sometime soon. Apparently it's not yet because I checked today. Mm -hmm. um, this is the article. Designed to infuse a bit of playfulness into a social network that many young people pass over for Instagram or Snapchat. <laughs> These cartoon versions of ourselves are clones of Snapchat's Bitmoji and Apple's Memoji stickers, tapping into a popular form of expression in text messages and on social media. This will get the kids back. <laughs> That's how I that feel. was Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> He's aged 30 years yeah. in the past week. Yeah, it's been a stressful <laughs> time for him. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing so much at this. On Facebook, the avatars will be used to share feelings and interact with friends. No. We don't need this. <laughs> like, the way that it's described, like, how to use it is just, like, so just out of touch with everything i just grandchild how do i how do i express my emotions on the facebook <laughs> i'm crying oh my goodness um facebook says it it took its time building this feature for facebook to make sure the avatars represented the diversity of its billions of users it says it has no plans to monetize the avatars at this time i hope not <laughs> like in what, what? Uh, like selling clothes for them or something like i don't know how do you can you does bit is bitmoji monetized somehow? Can you like buy outfits or something for it? That seems very strange. I have no idea. I've never seen anything like that. Um, yeah, and then the article told you how to set it up, which, like I mentioned, I tried to do earlier today and was unsuccessful. So I don't know if they just didn't roll it out yet or it's coming soon. But yeah, so there's now another copycat of bitmoji in Facebook. <laughs> As if we need it. I mean, but it's do like, they have an example of what they look like? 
I'll show you. Because the one thing I will say is no company yet has made a cartoon version of people that doesn't creep me out. So if they've managed to do that. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. I don't think this is an improvement no, over the, it's not better. the Bitmoji. Nope. And also the the Apple version of this, I've never used that, and I don't think I ever will. So it's so weird. I don't like the Apple ones. Did I you think. set one up for yourself? Yeah, I have like the. I don't have a new enough phone to do like Memoji, like the animated ones. Oh. Or Animoji. Oh. Is that Animoji? It yeah. requires like an iPhone X or newer, I think. Okay. But you can do a Memoji, which is just like your face doing some common. Emoji poses. Okay. And they're awful. And they're I not them. good. Yeah. It's like, I have emoji already. I'm just going to use those. Yeah. I know you love emoji. I love emoji. And it's like, this emoji well are, <laughs> emoji actually are great. And I do use bitmoji. Yeah. It's, fu- it's nice It's fun, sometimes. but do we need 12 of them? But n- no, we don't. <laughs> and do they all need to look so creepy? <laughs> and also, I don't think this is going to gain Facebook more users Really sorry, Facebook, yeah, but this, this is like not not the way. No, honestly, I think they should have just made the integration with Bitmoji more seamless. Yeah, actually, that would have made a lot more sense to me. Instead of trying to make their own thing, because people don't want to use that. Right. Okay, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Yeah, I don't want it. <laughs> he said, "Go." Go! Uh, this is from abc4.com, <laughs> some local news, I think. Um, this is actually an update on a story from last week. Oh. Do you remember that child who drove a car? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he's getting rewarded for it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Should he be rewarded for that? <laughs> no, but more on that later. <laughs> uh, the headline is, five-year-old who stole parents' car gets second ride in Lamborghini. That's right, second. He's had another one at some point too oh is that um, how he knew what a lamborghini was maybe no the like since this happened oh. he's had two rides in Lamborghini. oh he also met jamie fox Shaq, and somebody called lil pump which i've never heard of what what he's meeting celebrities so he's, now he's riding around in lamborghinis and meeting celebrities which is you know exactly what you want to instill in a child who stole a car what uh yeah Wait, why is Shaq involved no, why is Jamie Foxx involved? <laughs> why are any of these people involved? Okay, yeah, why are uh, any of them involved? Yeah, so I guess if you haven't listened to last week's episode, first of all, go do that. What are you doing? It's fine. Go listen. I, I'm not actually mad. I could never be mad at you. Uh, here's a summary. <laughs> but, so first he took his parents' car. Then he was pulled over by the Utah Highway Patrol, driving a little over 30 miles per hour on the interstate by the Utah, oh, by the Utah Highway Patrol. This article is full of... Typos. <laughs> okay. So bear with me. We're reading um, this live. <laughs> yeah. So so he also only had $3 and he was like, the reason that he stole his parents' car in the first place was because he was going to drive to California and buy a Lamborghini, clearly not knowing that Utah probably has Lamborghini dealerships. Yeah. Um, he wasn't able to buy the posh supercar, obviously, because he got pulled over and also was a child and also had $3. Um, but he has been able to get a ride in the cars twice now. Uh, the first time he got to ride in a Lamborghini, he was picked up by... I don't know who this person is, but they were just described as Lamborghini owner. <laughs> Jeremy Neves. Is that who? anyone? Is that anything? 
okay. I don't know. Should I look up that name? But is some random The article person? says it was because he was inspired because of the kids stealing the car. Inspired by what? <laughs> like a delinquent what? child? What? Uh, and then he thought he would take him for a ride in a supercar. Uh, but now a celebrity luxury car dealer decided to fly him out to California. Yeah. Mouth agape My is the correct. Mouth is open. Is Sorry, I should probably reaction. I should probably have a verbal reaction, yeah. not just a facial one. Yeah. Um so this is this name. R. D. Whittington <laughs> of the California Whittingtons. <laughs> um he's the owner of a brand called Wires Only, whatever that is. What? Um Do they sell wires? <laughs> only. only wires? <laughs> just wires. Uh he brought the kid and his family to Los Angeles and let him sit in a bunch of luxury cars. <laughs> it's like, just, you get to sit in these, uh, including a Ferrari and a Hummer. He also talked with Shaq and Lil Pump. Again, I have no idea who Lil Pump is <laughs> um, on FaceTime. And then he was driven to meet Jamie Foxx in real life, which Why? also like social distancing. What are you people doing? Also that. What um, is this? I what don't is know. Happening? Jeremy Neves, again, a person they're acting like is somebody I should care about, but has only been described as Lamborghini owner. <laughs> Here's a quote from him. Comes back. Oh, okay. No, this is this is probably the worst part of this. What? Okay. Uh, he said, I'm absolutely inspired by the principles that he displayed of success. Knowing what he wants, going after it. What? No, Jeremy Neves. No. That's not what this... This is not the message this kid should be getting. He he no. had he had the following quote unquote disclaimer. Um, absolutely, I'm not encouraging kids to go out and take their parents' car and do anything else that that's illegal. I'm not advocating that at all. Aren't you, Jeremy? I think you are. That <laughs> Isn't that exactly like you what are. you're doing, Jeremy? You're that's like, <laughs> yeah, this kid. I like his attitude. He broke all the rules. He didn't listen to what he was supposed to do. <laughs> he did something totally unsafe. He could have been killed. He has this exactly. good personality. Is that how he it's talks? exactly what Jeremy Neves sounds like, I bet. I have no idea. Who knows? Jer- <laughs> Who is as far as I know, Jeremy Neves isn't even a real owner. person. I, this whole thing makes me feel like the company Lamborghini was like, oh, publicity. Let's yeah. like throw celebrities That's at That's definitely kid. what it feels like. But also, do they need to like advertise? Yeah, uh, you're right. They don't. Yeah. Do they? No. They already got the so. ultimate advertisement when they were mentioned in A Little Bit of Lexus. <laughs> That's true. So I don't know. So that was a very high honor. Right. Anyway, in spite of all this, the kid will still reportedly be punished by his parents for stealing their car. Well, that's good. So at least something is coming out of this that's like a good message and that you should be punished for stealing. <laughs> like You should be punished for stealing, but also for at that age, honestly, just like doing something so outside of what you're right. told to do because you're not old enough to know what's really unsafe Yeah, at five years old. And now he's just like, I'm afraid this is going to encourage him to do bad things, <laughs> expecting good like outcomes. Like his whole like, life? Like, yeah. I don't, oh, oh. It's like, remember that time I was five, I stole a car and I got to meet Shaq? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, that's also, a little bit. Also, does a five-year-old really know who Shaq is? No, but he'll know later. Yeah. He'll think it's cool later when he does know who Shaq is. That's true. Yeah, uh, so this made me very mad. Um, okay, well... Like, honestly, it's it's good the parents are going to punish him. They probably should have also not let him do these things. <laughs> like, hey, we well, don't want to encourage this behavior in our child. 
Did so the parents also get to meet all the, the celebrities? The parents did also get to go to California. They probably also wanted to meet the celebrities. So, <laughs> but I just... The but whole, still, whole maybe you don't send your... Maybe you still up. don't send your kid out with Jeremy Neves. This yeah, unknown, who is this guy? Who unknown this? Lamborghini driver. <laughs> Jeremy Neves, Lamborghini owner. Like, what does that make you, like, and, have societal status, yeah. I guess? Like, uh, that you can do this stuff, I guess? And sayer of it's terrible weird. quotes. Anyway. Yeah, I don't like that guy. Yeah, I don't like any sorry, of this. Sorry if you're listening to this, Jeremy Neves. Okay. I'm not sorry. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong and you're saying dumb things. My story is actually also about a kid, and it's more uplifting. Oh, good, because I'm um, mad. I'm mad at this child. <laughs> you will not be mad at this story. This is from UPI. Uh, the headline is, 11-year-old skateboarder becomes first to land 1,080-degree turn on a skateboard. First this person? This is so cool. Yes. First oh, person wow. ever to do so it. So not like first 11-year-old. No, like first person ever. Um, it's an 11-year-old skateboarder from Brazil. He's become the first p- person ever to do this, and he broke the record formerly held by Tony Hawk, who is a legendary skater and skateboarder. I, if I know. You ha- I know. Well, okay, you know, but maybe the people <laughs> listening to this don't know. I wasn't directing that at you personally. <laughs> no. Tony Hawk is a famous skater, if you have never heard of him. I think a lot Somehow. of people have heard of him. Yeah, he had the record for like I guess the most degree turn mm. like in, during in one like jump, right? And this kid just broke it. He's eleven. That's embarrassing for Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's me, and I have a video of it. Okay, you want to see? Yes, I do. Ah, it's so cool. Okay, so he's on one of those. What are these called? A half pipe? What are these called? The U shape thing. The U shape thing. Yeah, it's a half pipe. Okay, so he's on that. What it, it goes pretty fast, but then you can see the slow mo of it, and it's okay. amazing. I, mean, I imagine you'd have to go pretty fast to like <laughs> spin that much. Holy cow! This is the, no, this is the slow mo of it. Look at this one, two, however many that was. <laughs> is that three? It's basically three. Like by the time he made contact with right. the thing again. <laughs> and then this is so cute. He's just like, <laughs> I mean, I'd freak out too if I was like an 11 year old who beat Tony Hawk. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.